Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On this week's episode of Barbecue and Tech, Chris and I are going to go back and rehash what happened for Christmas and New Year's for our our cooking extravaganza. We're going to talk about how I got ripped off by Snake River Farms and Chris got a big old uh, roast. Um, all these things coming up next. What's up, fool? How you going, man? What's up? What's up? What's up, man? Uh, I, so I honestly been- forgot how I got ripped off. <laughs> And when you brought it back up, it just it just hurt all over again. <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot all about it. I, honestly, I'd burn that out of my memory of what I paid for what I got and what you paid for what you got. Right, we'll and, get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into that. But uh, no, I'm salty now. It's too <laughs> you, you had to tell me right before the show. I'm like, damn, right out the gate with a bang, people. So shout out to all the people that was uh, all our fans and all, all our new friends we've been picking up and. Uh, uh, showing us their great barbecue, some great roast and smoking over the holidays. Uh, had some folks that did their first ever, uh, smoked, uh, bone and rib roast and, uh, man, just a lot of fun. And it's, we, we, we're loving enjoy, and enjoying growing this podcast. So, uh, props to everybody that's grown with us. Um, uh, Rod and I are starting out this new year, getting the, getting the, getting the, the band back together, rolling out. We got some uh, big plans for this season. Um, we ended last season, I think, pretty strong with uh, Chef Calvin and um, uh, a rep from, uh, um, what's that barbecue store again? Uh, Mason Dixon Barbecue. Mason Dixon. Um, so, yeah. So, hopefully we can get some of those guys to come back and give us some more gems. Um, and one of the gems that was dropped um from that Mason Dixon uh, interview was getting the phosphates um, in the injection. And so uh, I actually am. Did you do that too on your rib rows? You injected. Uh, oh yeah, you did at my house. Well, no. right? Yeah. 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 Cause I, we did it at your house. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's yeah. Another so, thing that, yeah. So we got to talk about that. Of, uh, bone I got to pick as well. Um, but I think I've finally am done with pellet smokers. Oh, could we get a smoker uh, upgrade this year? So so here's a, and I don't, we'll get into it later, but my issue is in cold temperatures. It's not 99% of the year. I think it's fantastic. If you live in like Florida or you live like Southern Virginia and down, I think you're fine. So if you're loving the Southern part of the U.S., 
um, where you kind of get somewhat cold temperatures. But it, for us during Christmas, it was bitter. It was cold. bitter this year uh, to the point and, where I ran into a situation with my truck that I wasn't expecting. Um, and uh, we, we talked about this on our, on SMR podcast, but um, as I'm planning on using the truck more for tailgating and stuff like that, uh, long story short, I had a piece of ice in my charge cable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was super bitter this, uh, this Christmas. So it's definitely, uh, it can be an issue here. Um, so yeah, so let's get started. So, uh, for New Year's and, uh, Christmas, Rod and I did both of those together again. And of course, we uh, fired up the smokers for both events. And so we wanted to take some time to recap, uh, go over some lessons learned um, and talk about some of the new techniques that we employed. Uh, so Rod and I, to, for starters, Rod and I both ordered uh, bone-in rib roast from Snake River Farms. We've had nothing but success with the quality of uh, meat that we've gotten from them and we're not sponsored by them. They don't even know who we are. <laughs> it's just, but real is real They're So far, their food has been absolutely quality that we've gotten from them. You, you definitely pay for it. Let's, let's, uh, Oh yeah. Let's be clear yeah, yeah. On that. It's going to be a grip. Um, but my mom was here and it was my first time, uh, using one of those. So I decided, yeah, you know, let me just drop the grip, spend the grip on it and, uh, see what we come up with. So, uh, I ordered, it was funny cause Rod was reminding me to order mine, but he hadn't ordered his yet. And then I ordered mine and then he ordered his. So that was pretty funny. Um, and I think what we had to order was a five to eight pound, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm, so it's funny cause I went back to the website to figure out like what was the pound range and now they do explicit pounds. So I'm assuming I wasn't the only one who felt, eh, I don't, <laughs> if you say five to eight pounds, or five, I think it might have been five to seven or it, something to that effect. It was a range. I, I don't mind if you're in the middle of the range, but when you're on the dead low side of the range, which is what I got. I didn't even pay attention to it, to be perfectly honest. So, and oh, I, I, you could it, see the difference when I was pulled. It, pull, it I, honestly, be, I felt it must be like the holiday, like busy seasons, because you know, um, Honey Bake does the same thing, right? They give you a range, but when you go pick it up, it's whatever they have. Yes. Yeah, in that range. But then you and, and, actually and, and, pay the difference based on what you get in that range. So this was a little yes. different. You just paid for a range straight up and then you get what yes. you get. Yeah. Uh, you're not paying per pound. You're paying a price for, for a piece of meat. And the, <laughs> pound, the, the, the size of it can roll range the between dice. here and here. <laughs> roll the dice. So it Rod was, ordered one. I ordered one. They both came in. And of course, they come in frozen. Uh, so I waited a couple days in the freezer and then I went ahead and took mine out to thaw because I had my, actually I had mine like almost like two weeks. So I probably waited about two weeks before I took it out the freezer. I took it out, um, the Sunday, when, when did Christmas fall on Saturday? Something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. I think I gave, I gave it about five days to thaw out. Uh, and, uh, seasoning wise, uh, so Rod, asked if he might as well just come over and season his at my house because I had the phosphate mix, which was, uh, which was what was suggested to us by, uh, our, our, our pit master, Mason Dixon. Mason Dixon. And, uh, so we did that and, um, you know, not wasn't, I wasn't too much trimming 
on it on the top. There was a little bit of fat cap on there um, that we trimmed off. Now, one thing to note is um, so what I had been doing from our local butcher is we would just get at first to start. I would just get the bone and rib rolls. It had the bones in it and we would cook it and, you know, do our thing. Later on, I started having them remove the bone and then go back and retruss it so that, it, you know, you could get the flavoring from the bone. But it was much easier when it was done cooking. You would just take, you know, take that whole rack off and then slice it up and serve it. And that worked out well. Now, I wasn't sure what to expect from Snake River Farms, but what we got was no bones, just the the roast itself, which I'm not mad at because at the end it was super expensive. So anything to lessen the weight, I'm good with. <laughs> uh, and the, I think you, I think you said early on, I, as much as I I do joke about feeling like I got ripped off, the meat quality was outstanding. Like yeah. just looking at the meat, the marbling. We had, Man. even though I'm like, I said I was a little bitter that I, that your your roast was at least a pound and a half, not two pounds heavier than what I got. And we ordered the same thing and paid the same price. We had more than enough food. Yeah. Like we, didn't, I, we didn't run. It was, it was great. Sorry, we didn't do Christmas together. We did uh, New Year's together, but we did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we cooked together. Um. So, yeah, so as Rod said, you know, he came over and he was looking at his and he was like, hey, man, how how big is your roast? I said, I have no idea. I didn't look at that in the box. I just took it out of the box, tossed the box. He's like, well, it's on the roast itself. I was like, and his, I think, was like 5.5 or something like that. And uh, I looked at mine. It was like 7.8. It was just at the high end of the of the range. I was, and you, yeah, Rod was right. No, you just, just slice yours a little bit and slide it over here. <laughs> I had a teenager. <laughs> he had a toddler. I was like, it oh, was... look at that. <laughs> and I was like, I, I it's funny because when I was coming over, when I was heading over, I was like, oh, I hope there's no, I hope we don't, you know, confuse whose is whose because I knew that looking at the temperature that I had to smoke mine on yours because mine would be fighting to try to keep the desired temperature the entirety which would have made my cook time a lot longer which could have potentially put at risk uh yeah. uh not cooking the meat good so i will say like and some people might say it's not it's not a pellet smoker it's it's the insulation on your smoke and i do agree that i probably just need a smoker that has a lot better insulation than what i currently have because everything yeah, else about uh, a pellet smoker is fantastic except for you you do struggle to get the smoke ring, which is, I think, why you got rid of the smoker in the first place. Well, I I got rid of it mostly because of the smoke flavor. It's not what I want. I wanted yeah. more. Um, but yeah, but there's there's ups and downs to that too, right? Oh, absolutely. Because like when uh, you lit your when you lit your smoker in the cold, when you light that smoke that Mac two star in the cold, it lights and you just walk away, you know. And on my smoker. I'm using the torch, but it's freezing out there. You know what I mean? So I, I got to kind of, you know, it takes longer for me to get up to temp than it does on the pellet smoker. And it's not that big a deal until you get out in that, you know, those, those teens, which I'm not used to, you know, the teen temperatures. And I was like, man, this is miserable. So there is a, there is a, you know, some advantage there as well. But, um, Prep, prepping the, the the rib roast, like I said, there wasn't a ton of fat to cut off, but I did cut off a little bit um, off the top. Um, there were some thicker uh, fat caps on there. 
And then uh, seasoning wise, we kept it pretty darn simple. Um, I think we went uh, salt and pepper. Um, did we go AP? We did do AP. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. we did an eight. We did a. Uh, we did hog. Uh, AP, yeah. Yep. Um, how to barbecue rights? Yeah, uh, Malcolm's. Uh, Malcolm. Uh, Reed, yeah, Malcolm Reed's uh, AP. And uh, season up the outside, and then you know a little extra pepper on the to help with that crusting uh, on top, and then um, uh, I didn't, uh, and then we, we injected it, so I injected it with the uh, phosphates because I had a good result on the turkey, definitely extra juicy, and I wanted to see how it worked on this, and um, let them sit overnight, fired up the smoker now. Granted, the one thing to understand is a typically when you inject it cooks faster. Um, but both Rod and I are of the ilk that even if it's done early, way earlier than the rest of the dinner, it's fine resting and, and chilling. Um, that, that caterade, man, it, it's amazing, cannot, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's such a, it is such a difference maker because when you're trying to pull together a variety of dishes, um, and some which are like if you're doing like a mac and cheese, mm-hmm. that can come out of the oven and honestly sit for probably 20 minutes and still be hot as soon as you put a spoon into it. Yeah. So that is not as super time sensitive. But with meat, you're, the temperature is starting to you typically start to decline. But when you put it in that caterade or any type of insulator that kind of holds that temperature, it's while the temperature rise. is declining, it's still usually when we pull it out, it's still yeah, it's relatively Very warm, close. Yeah. Sometimes steaming. Yeah. So yeah, because it'll go up when it first goes in there, and then it'll come back, start you know, come down a little bit. But every time I've opened that caterade, I get a billow of steam in the face. And this is the new one, the styrofoam one, um, not the Carlisle big one. And I like these styrofoam ones. Well, it's not. I think they're propylene or something like that. I have to go back and double check. Um, but they're they're smaller. So they're much more portable. And I ended up ordering two of them. So it's easy for me to let Rod borrow one. And, uh, and it, you know, because I have more than enough for whatever I'm doing. And then, um, yeah, so that was definitely a, a key factor in the prep. Um, and, and the timing of everything is being able to, no matter when that rib roast is ready, we can pull it, goes into Caterade, and then we can start working on everything else. Um, so yeah, what, what did we cook to? One thirty. I Three? think we did both to about one thirty, yeah, about one thirty, and then yeah. um, expected it to climb up to about one thirty-five by the time it was all said and done. Definitely yeah, uh, rocked the meters on on that cook, and uh, meters did great. Um, no issues. So, I know, you know the only only problem I have with the meter, and again, this is I say this is first world. I will where I plug my meter in. Yep. Periodically, for some reason, somebody in my household will unplug it. And it is not one of those type of thermometers that you can go from, I've got to cook in an hour and I didn't realize it hasn't been plugged in. It needs to be plugged in for eight hours prior to a cook. So you, I feel like with that, if you, if it's one of those things that you're like, like most people's lives, you don't want clutter on your, your desktops. You just need to find a place in your house that you're going to say, I'm going to take the meter and plug it in here. It will always be plugged in here. And the moment I need it, I can move it because when 
I go to, when I go to use it and I've had this happen to me a number of times where I go to use it and like my wife has unplugged it and put it back in the box in the drawer. And I'm like, fuck, I can't use the meter because it needs that eight hour charge. It's not like something where you can plug it in and say, if you plug it in for 20 or 30 minutes, it's good for an hour and a half, two hours. Or if you plug it in for an hour, like where I could just say, I can shift my cook time a little bit, or I can put the meter in an hour into the cook and then start tracking the rest of the cook. It is literally garbage if I don't have it plugged in for eight hours. Yeah. So I've, I've worked it, around that a few ways. First off, I don't have that issue. I, if I unplug, if it's unplugged, it's I unplugged it. Um, but, uh, and I generally do remember to plug it in before cook, but here's how I get around it. Once I realize that I haven't plugged it in for a while, I'll plug it in immediately. And then I'll, I'll, I'll take it when the meat goes on. I, I'm not worried about the first you know, 30 minutes or so, you know what I mean? That it's nothing's really going to be exciting at that time point. So then what I'll do is I'll grab one of the probes because I actually have the four and I'll put it in, but I'll leave the rest charging. You know what I mean? And then, so that way, if that one battery is not, if it dies on that probe, you rotate. Yeah, I can rotate the probes out. Um, the second thing is to remember is that, and I had a couple of people ask me how this works. So I just want to make sure people understand if they're looking at the meters or they, they've got one and not exactly sure when you plug the, the block in, it does not charge. It has no power. It's not any power to the block. It simply charges the probes. Yeah. That block would serve very well to have some type of battery on it. Uh, I mean, well, it has a battery, just but it would serve. It would work better. If it had the option, right? The battery should be a backup, like an alarm clock, and then yes, you have yeah, yeah. the power from the from the base. I don't, I don't know why they designed it that way. I guess to save money, but um, they're so expensive, uh, they it doesn't make money, any sense. Yeah, yeah so they improve margins. They didn't save money because, believe me, when you pay for the meter, you feel it every yeah. second of it. it so just keep in mind that uh, you definitely want to remember in your list of prep to plug in your your meter block. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the they went on, they cooked pretty uh uneventful. Uh I used um I used pecan wood with uh, on the smoke and then we both and then Rods was ready. I took Rods actually finished. Rods did finish before mine um but slightly. Uh so I took his, put it in the Caterade, sat it up front, he came picked his up. And then mine finished. I put mine in the caterade and went on to, to make some asparagus. Um, I did. I fired up the sous vide and did some asparagus in the sous vide. And then my wife wanted uh, mashed potatoes. My daughter wanted regular red potatoes. Go figure. <laughs> um, and then I can't remember what else I did as a side, but uh, you know. But uh, yeah, we, brace. Did, we did mash as well. We did mac and cheese. We did asparagus. Um, I think. Oh, I know what I did as well. My my daughter wanted regular potatoes. My wife wanted mashed potatoes. So what I did was I made my daughter. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I made her some sweet potatoes, which she likes, and then I did some mashed potatoes for my wife, if I'm not mistaken, something like that, something to that effect. But uh, everything came out full of flavor. Was really good, Um, but. Uh, and then the crusting process. So, uh, did you crush yours on the Mac or did you crust yours on the, uh, on the, oven. Oh, absolutely oven. Oh, you did it in the oven. No, okay. I did in the oven. Yeah. Cause from at that point it was, wait, did I use the egg? No, I did the oven. Cause it's so easy just to, 
you know, put the oven on broil, slide it in because you're not you're not adding any quote smoke flavor to it. And then no, you're just, you're just changing the texture and hopefully creating like you are adding not smoke flavor, but you are adding a flavor, which is that charring. So you know, yeah. we say this term a lot, but you know, maybe there's some new folks in here that don't understand. And and essentially, when you cook a big roast like that, what you're trying to do uh, is get like a, a a more crispier outside on it. So oftentimes what we'll do is, uh, you know, we'll, you'll cook the roast, let it get the temperature, just let it rest. And then about 10, 15 minutes before you serve it, you're going to crank up the temperature on your, your smoker or your, your oven like Rod did. And you put that thing in there and you just let it go like out in the open. You just, and you let the outside hit it and really you, you're trying to get that outside to crisp up and harden up a little bit and it just adds a a nice dynamic to the chew it adds a nice uh extra little flavoring if you get a little bit of burning it not burning but the you know charring in there um just a depth of flavor that's uh, added so uh it's a process that you know if you're not taking advantage of definitely give that a try this year and see if you can get a nice crust on uh on on a roast that you do so i actually my smoker my uh my stumps, the max temperature on it is 450. And generally, and that's one of the great things about having an egg is you can take that egg up to 800 and nothing crusts a piece of meat like the egg. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's obviously, nice. it's it's a little bit more work to get it up there, right? As opposed to putting it in the oven, turn it on, broil and walking away. But it can crust the hell out of a piece of meat, which is uh, really cool. Um. And then, but you know, 450 did well. What I did on mine was I put mine at the bottom grate, which is right next to where the heat comes in. And that tends to get a little bit hotter, especially at the uh, upper temperatures. And that did just fine. So I was really happy with the end result. I sliced into that thing. It was so juicy. Um, it looked great, perfectly cooked on the inside. Uh, and but the one thing I would caution people about is if you intend to try the phosphate out this year, um, I probably would not use it again on the prime rib. And the reason why, and it's not any issue per se uh, for home use, but um, the phosphate is, is brown when you, and it's, there was like a brown, almost like a, a stain it where I injected it at in the middle of the meat. And it didn't taste worse. It didn't, you know, cause any issue. It's just aesthetically, I was not, I, I, it just, it just annoyed me that it wasn't, you know, absolutely, absolute, I couldn't call it absolute perfection. You know what I mean? Just because I had the brown stain in the middle and that was directly result from the, from the injection. Now, you know, on a brisket, you're cooking to a higher temperature. You're not going to, that's probably not going to happen. And uh, so not a big deal. But uh, on this, I probably wouldn't, I I probably wouldn't do it again. And I didn't really need it anyway on, on the, on, on, on the, anyway. I mean, that thing was so marbled that there was almost impossible to mess it up. In my opinion, it was, I was, despite the the price, I was happy with the, you know, what the meat was we got. I I still do feel like, I, I think one of the things you struggle when you're going to, when you wind up spending that kind of money on a piece of meat is 
was it really that much better for me to spend this kind of money to get? Yeah, you know, it's after the fact. It's always hard to reconcile with it. So what I try to do is reconcile with it in the moment, right? As I'm slicing it and I'm seeing all the juices run out of the meat. And then when I'm taking that bite and the flavor is there, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm closing my eyes and I'm remembering how happy I was with the end result. So I feel you. Now I'm sitting, you know, days later, like, ah, man, I spent a grip. I could have bought two, you know, from a butcher or something uh, for that price. But, you know, but I I do distinctly remember how much I was, how happy I was with the end result of that roast. So I have like, um, I've been just cooking any and everything I can, like just trying out different things. Uh, uh, some not involving the smoker, uh, to a large extent, just cause I'm, I, again, like anybody who's probably listening to this, you're listening cause you enjoy cooking. Um, and when I've gone into my uh, local grocery store, uh, the one lady says like, Oh, what are you cooking today? And you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be doing like, uh, 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 like a Korean beef or something to that effect. Like whatever it is I'm cooking, uh, you know, giving her what I'm cooking. And I just had commented about, you know, doing barbecue. She's like, oh, we love barbecue. I was like, oh, I'll have to bring you some briskets. She goes, oh my God, brisket's my favorite. <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm like, you're not going to get a Snake River Farm. Let me be very clear. I don't like you that much. <laughs> yeah. Just casual get your, conversation. Get, get your brisket. So uh, I, I think um, – uh, was it? It's not next week. Uh, two week, uh, two weeks from now, roughly, we're uh, at um Valentine's Day, and I have a son who's off in college, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could probably make some brisket shortly after, and run it up to him, like you know, like, kind of like towards the end of the week, and take him some, and then uh, have a brisket for, and have some for home, and then bring one to the the lady because she's like me and my husband, we just love brisket. I'm like. I was like, she's, and I had said, I'll bring you a whole, I'll bring you a whole brisket. She's like, are you serious? I was like, can you, you we, I was like, I don't want to, if you're not going to be able to eat it, she was, oh, we'll eat the whole brisket. She was, I didn't. She That's was, a lot of meat, man, for regular people. <laughs> she's and like, the, I didn't, I didn't build this body uh, <laughs> 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 eating, uh, eating veggies. And I just started dying laughing. That's right, hilarious. Good for her. I'm not going to bring you a night, like an 18, 19 pound brisket, but I'll find something in the, you know, 14. Yeah, I would have just said, I would have just said, I'll bring you a pound. You know, next time I smoke it, because you got to think how restaurants serve it, right? Is half pound pound. So yeah. that's how I would have. I was said. like, yeah, you I would know, offer I'll bring, it that I'll way. I was like, I'll bring one up. She's always taking care of me in the store. So yeah, that's cool. Man. It's funny because you don't you don't realize like like and there was a, another lady who every time like Valentine's Day birthdays and she's always does the balloons for me and flowers and stuff like that and she works the produce section. And I just commented to her because she's a younger lady. I was like, how long have you been here? She's like 14 years. I'm like, good gracious. Because I've seen her from, you know, when she first originally started working there to when she had her first kid. Right. And, you know, just you don't realize, you know, you're not, while they're not your quote involved in your life, you don't realize like how much you've been. They're in your community, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're part of your community. uh, Interact with them all the time. Yeah. This one I'll definitely bring in. Uh, and uh, bring her a brisket. So I'll be uh, going to the butcher in the next week or so to grab a, a couple briskets, one for our household. Cause I think uh, my kids would enjoy some brisket again. And I, I know my yep. older son who is probably by a month and a half in his school, about a month or a month and a half into being back at school is going to be like, God, I need something decent to eat again. <laughs> I'm uh, I haven't fired up the smoker yet since uh, 
New Year's just because, you know, New Year's comes in. I'm back on my diet, hitting it hard. Uh, so, you know, but uh, I think that's probably one of the first things I'll smoke is a brisket. But, uh, you know, on the next episode or episode after that, I'll talk about uh, what I want to practice. You know, that last year was I was focused on wings. The year before that, I focused on chicken. The year before that, I focused on baby backs. Um, yeah, so, I was say baby backs was in there. I knew there was in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So um, this year, um, I'll have to you know talk about what I want to focus on, where I want to get better. Uh, I have some other things I want to talk about this year as far as uh, trying to. I want to kind of talk through going through an all electric or uh, all electric uh, tailgate. Uh, I, so, so there are two things I'd like to. I, I I definitely want to try this year. Um, for cold smoke, I definitely want to try cheeses. I right. I just really feel. I, I just I want to take my attempt at like trying to do a smoked cheese. So All right, hold off on that. Let's you know we'll do that on a yeah. That's going to be an episode. Was what we want to focus on. What we've learned so far. Yeah. And uh, you know how we want to uh, plan to execute it. So yeah, that's coming up. But anyway. So let's talk about and, uh, and I, I, sorry, really one qu- yeah, question. Yeah, 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 to yeah. The, has anybody? Because you and I have talked about because you have a slicer, and I've said many times my wife always complains how she can't get a good like, um, like is it corned beef? Yeah, I think it's corned beef. Oh. And I'm wondering if anybody. I know a lot of it is like the soaking in the bucket. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market and all that and like try to build the footage yeah. but that is the something actual... i definitely want to try to tackle i know i've sent a couple videos to you on doing it yeah it's um, a, it's i just have not convinced myself even though i love corned beef uh yeah. it's it's the, the curing process that i just don't want to get into yet it's a it's all it's yeah. a bit of work it's a bit of setup um getting that meat to cure and then but i love corned beef one of my favorite you know corned beef sandwiches rubens oh my god uh, I, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a corned beef with slaw, you know, type of guy, not necessarily the uh, cabbage, but, uh, you know, I don't mind it with cabbage either, but, uh, so maybe, you know, it, maybe at some point we'll, we'll broach it. Um, all right. I don't know. Cool. Or maybe we'll yeah, try one talk- this year. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's move on to a- new year's. Right. Um, so, so once again, for new year's, we decided to do a smoked, uh, uh, um, finger foods uh, approach, and uh, I, I had started working on a rib sandwich that uh, I actually had done the first time f- for uh, Rod's kids. 
uh, when he was out of town for like a week on vacation. So that, you know, his mother-in-law was over there and, you know, they'd just do the regular cooking. So I was like, Rod asked me if I would, if I had time to smoke some stuff for them so they can just get something different. And, uh, I did. And I just went with a rib sandwich because I had recently seen a pretty cool technique for deboning the rib. Now I haven't perfected it yet, but I will talk about, and essentially it, it, what it is, is, um, you take your rib, you trim it up like normal, um, get it prepared. And then before you season it, what you want to do is you want to take your knife and you want to trace out one side of the bone on each, uh, just one side of the edge throughout the whole rib. And so I just took my bone and knife, did a nice, you know, fairly, the first time I did it, I just did a nice little cut uh, down the bone, down the side of the bone, just traced it out um, all the way through. And then what happens is obviously, you know, as you're cooking the rib, you start to get that pullback and then it starts to make it easier to separate from it's, you know, start separating from the bone a little bit. So when it's done and I'm ready, I just twist the bone and it just comes right out through that slot. So a couple of problems that I found, I, I tried this with both baby back ribs and I tried it with a, uh, with the regular uh, St. Louis cut. And so there's a couple nuances to this that I'm still trying to work out. One, the baby back rib. Uh, so this is not something because it's going on a sandwich. I'm not smoking the ribs for the regular tenderness that I like to go through or to bite through. I'm smoking it a little bit further because I, I want to get it out the bone and B, it's in a sandwich. So you got to go through the bread. You got to go through the meat. So I want the experience to be uh, uh, much better. So. um uh, so with the baby back, I find that there's such a fine line where you kick that rib a little too far and it starts, it really starts falling apart like a pulled pork almost. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's, that's a, it's a little bit tougher to work with. Um, but I find that getting the bone out and getting it on the sandwich is super simple. And a lot of times that baby back actually kind of sits up higher. It's like a, a bit meatier. And so it makes a great sandwich. And, um, the other thing is I am using a ciabatta bread. I don't know. I love ciabatta bread. I don't know why I'd settled on it, but it seems to work with this particular you know, my sandwich. My kids really like that bread. Yeah, because uh, that was the first time they had it, funny. right? They asked you what yeah. it was? Yeah. Uh, they did ask me what it was, and they when they asked, when I said you were going to be making that, they said, is you going to use the same bread? <laughs> uh, I, I find it to be good enough. It's got a nice base to it where it's uh it adds to the meal it uh it can you know it's not gonna be overwhelmed by sauce or anything like that uh so uh it, it just it's got the perfect width i think for the rib sandwich and so that's why i like using it uh and 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 it seems to be working out all i do to prepare the bread is i cut it directly in half i take a, a nice uh i butter the whole the whole both sides and I just turn it face right. down on a grill or in a pan or whatever. And I let it toast. And uh, your house, we use the toaster oven, which was su super awesome. Um, we just throw it, threw it up, let the toaster oven kiss that, get a nice little brown on it and just pleasant uh, addition to the rib sandwich. Um, second. So now let's get on to the uh, St. Louis style. Um, so with the St. Louis style, um, I find getting the bones out a lot easier, uh, not easier. I, I find it to be a little bit harder, um, to get, you know, I think I have to, that's probably, literally the exact opposite. Just it's so the opposite, right? Yeah. It holds up better. 
the bones are a little bit harder to get out in that regard. And then there's one aspect of it that you have to be careful of. So with the um, baby back, you don't really have like that upper side, the cartilage, which is normally used when you do uh, riblets. Um, if you go to anywhere and they are offered the riblets, it's usually the top side of the baby back. I'm sorry, off the St. Louis style. And uh, oftentimes you will cut those out. Or when you're done, you usually when you're looking at the rib from the side, you see, you know, the meat, you see the you're holding the bone and then you see the white little cartilage area. And, you know, for me, I don't care. I'll chew right through it. I, I just, you know, it's got that smoke flavor. It's a little crunchy, but I'll just chew right through it. But some people, you know, they just eat around it and pull it off up to you. You know, no perfect way. Um, so but for a rib sandwich, you don't necessarily expect that to be in the sandwich. So what I end up doing is taking my knife and cutting right up underneath it to kind of remove it. But of course it's in, it's hard to get it like a perfect cut where you get it all the way out and you don't have, you know, you, you don't run into it uh, at all. So that it's a little bit harder to prep, but I'm still working on it. I'll, I'll definitely do it a couple of times again this year to try to perfect it. But it, it turns out to be like a really fun, uh, tasty thing to do. And to, um, and to and then the cool thing is like when you're pulling the bones, you know, there's a little bit of meat on the bone still. So all I did was when I pulled the bones and I just put them on a plate. So for people to almost like an appetizer where people could just grab the bones, gnaw off whatever, a little bit of meat still left on there. And, uh, you know, nothing goes to waste um, in that setup. Um, but flavor wise, uh, really good. I kept it super simple because I knew I was going to use a sauce. And the other thing that I uh, do for these rib sandwiches, I, you know, I kind of model it after the McRib. So I went out and bought some jalapeno pickles uh, for people to put on it. You know, I let I, I don't I let people put on what they want. And the other thing that I did was I took some uh, red onions, sliced it off and then marinated it in some vinegar and some sugar. And uh, just just so you could grab that and a little bit of onion, throw a pickle on top of that bad boy with your sauce and then, you know, eat that thing. And that's your own version of the McRib, if you will. Uh, so it's something that and what we did is I kind of sliced it into a, like finger size. So about, you know, two bones each. And so you could just grab, you know, a couple sandwiches, throw it on your plate, go grab some of the other stuff and uh, have a great little meal. So uh, the rib sandwiches definitely was one of the hits of our new years. And then uh, Rod came through with the wings. And so why don't you tell us about some of the wings that you did? Yeah. So I tried to do a couple different styles on the wings and I also wanted to provide some options for seasoning, which does remind me, I did get a, a seasoning for a wing toss season, which I imagine you haven't even had a chance to use since you've kind of switched up your diet going into the new year. Uh, but nonetheless, um, typically my, my kids are very simple when it comes to wings. They're like, just cook the wings, a little bit of butter, toss them into the sugar maple. Just serve them. We, you don't need to go overboard. But um, I decided I got to give them uh, some variety with wings. And I decided to do like one of them. Well, one, um, I did use an air. Uh, sorry, I used a regular fryer for the wings. And I also smoked some wings. So I did some just were smoked and tossed. And then um, I the ones that I glazed, I smoked them tossed them in the glaze and then they went back on the smoker for the glaze, glaze to set up tacky. And I used a, I think it was an apple jalapeno and I will definitely make sure we include a link to the apple jalapeno, um, uh, wing glaze. That, Those were uh, really I enjoyable. 
really enjoyable. Yeah, I thought those turned out fantastic. The kids really, and it's funny because I made wings probably like two or three days ago and the kids, and I did a couple that way and uh, the kids, they still like it. They're like, they like to make sure they have their staple of what they want for wings, but they definitely like me to introduce uh, an additional one. And then they had another seasoning, which I will have to find. I cannot remember what it is off the top of my head, um, but it was a wing. It was definitely a specific wing barbecue seasoning, uh, and I sprinkled that on again. I will make sure we uh, we put a link to that in the show notes. I drive me crazy. I can't remember what it is, um, but again, just another really good. And I, I felt it. I felt it had a. It was kind of a bit more of a base AP seasoning. The one thing that the lady did tell me at the store, she says, if you want to try to get an extra crisp in your wings, especially the ones that you're putting on the smoker, spray them with duck fat. Mm. So yeah, I've seen a lot of this people time through, use duck fat. Yeah, this time through, all the wings that went on the smoker, uh, and even when I do them in the air fryer, I will, um, I'll quickly spray them with duck fat and then like salt and pepper them so that I get the the base seasoning in here because I don't they don't get the real flavored seasoning for me until after they've come out of the fryer or after they've come out of the, uh, the, uh, the smoke or things like that. And I toss them in something that's going to get that flavor to the outside. Cause I don't want that stuff to burn up while they're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, all of that, that worked out real. I mean, for me, that worked out very well. The kids were enjoyed that. I also did fries. Um, my kids love duck, duck fat fries. Yeah. You do the hand cut everything. Yeah, yeah, you got We'll say you got that down pat. Though your fries are really good. The key, at least my, from my opinion, the key to doing good fries are you have to double fry them. And a lot of people want to cut corners, and they don't want to soak the potatoes. So you get that starch out. Yeah, you got to cut your potatoes, put them into water, and I that water might for me get recycled, like rinse three or four times. And if you are I'd say a green thumb person where you have plants in the house, that starch water is really good. So the first soak, dump it into like a bucket and water your plants because that starch water is actually really good for your plants. So we will typically do that, but I will rinse those potatoes four or five times. And then earlier in the day, I will fire up the oil and blanch fry all the potatoes. So about a about a five minute fry so that they're now, they're soft, not mushy, but soft still relatively firm and then they get laid out to dry out again and then later in the day when it's actually time for eating the fries then those same batches of fries will go back in and the nice thing is that if you're trying to get them to cook cook you're trying like the problem at least the problem i have a feel with like the home cooker is if i just try to go from not cooked at all to cooked you tend to feel like you're burning your fries and this kind of in between process allows that temp them to cook to a point, but the temperature to come back down on that potato. And then when you cook in this time, they're truly firming and crisping up. And they, when I say they come out, I don't think anything can touch those French fries. Like there's not a place I've gone and I've ate that I feels like, all right, they've done fries better. And my, like, again, they don't last long. And the only problem with fries is it come out in batches. So you, you, it's a commitment that you make. Cause when I go for the second fry, it's usually between six and up to seven minutes, depending upon uh, making sure the oil is hot enough. And my oil fryer is not huge. So if I do nine, 10 or 11 potatoes, the batch, the number of batches I have to cook might be, you know, I might be two hours of just dumping and doing fries over and over again. But 
again, it works out. And it's just you have to plan for, I need to be able to get a good 30 minutes of cooking fries down before we can start serving. And then just know that roughly every five to seven minutes there, new fresh fries are coming out. And people will, it's like finger food. People will just uh, pick at and eat fries. So that worked out really well. I think we did a mac and cheese as well for, again, for New Year's, which... Um, you did a salmon again, too? Always, I think we did a salmon as well. And I, I did our salmon our typical way. Salmon's right on the smoker. Super simple, easy. You know, hit it with our our, our general salmon seasoning blends and uh, we went on from there. So I was... I mean, it, there was there was not a shortage of food and there was we had not a shortage of people because I had... My son was there. I think both of my boys had their girlfriends there. Mm-hmm. Your son came in mm-hmm. with his girl, his son, son his daughter. daughter. So, and my, my daughter had another friend there. So we had a, we definitely had a house. And I had my mom there. I had my brother yeah, there, plus my wife and yep. my daughter. Um, so we had a good amount of people and we still had a ton of leftovers. And yeah, uh, it was, I was, I, I was so exhausted though. <laughs> uh, that day I didn't even, normally I'll help, you know, pack up leftovers. We'll divvy up the food, and I was like, "You no, got to put everything." I'll come back on. get it tomorrow. I'll come back and get it tomorrow. I'm out. <laughs> Jumped in the truck and rolled out. Hit him with the straight ludicrous. Um, but overall, both New Year's and uh and uh, Christmas dinners were outstanding and uh, super uh, excited. Yeah, and if I could, if I can give a word of advice, um, I think there's one thing, and this is this is my lesson learned. Again, I did crap on snake river farms to the front i love that company i will order from there again here's my advice this is what i screwed up on if you've ordered from them before usually right around thanksgiving time frame shortly after like the black friday they will send something out with like a 15 to 30 percent off discount if you order by a certain date like black, or like let's say uh uh it's not black friday is what is it cyber monday cyber monday um, yeah Take advantage of that coupon because with the one thing they do that I think is fantastic is you say, I'm ordering today. I want delivery here. Now I understand it's what, you know, what comp like, you know, it's what they have is what you're going to get. So you don't want to set delivery to be like December 19th because essentially they're just going to pull, they're not going to say, well, you ordered really early. So we're going to give you something bigger. If the earlier you can take it, the more important. And I think we might've mentioned on the, on an episode last year, both Chris and I had one of the most tragic failures in any cooker's life is one of our refrigerators is now gone. So we're both, I'm down to two. He's down to one. Um, and yeah, and, and it's a, it's a, it's, it's a life change. It's a space uh, thing. We're, we're yeah. both struggling is like, you get a big roast. It's just a big block. And you're like, I, Where do we put I it? gotta get this a little later. Where do I put yeah. it? I, I, you were like calling me. It's like, could I use freezer space at your house? Just to buy me a couple of days because you, you're running, everyone's you run out of space. So yeah, I just it's. I guess I even though I leveraged it heavy, I definitely kind of took advantage, took it for, took it for uh, granted. Granted, because yeah, man, it was this this holiday was rough since I I had to get rid of the refrigerator because it was just leaking into my house. Like yeah, I guess the compressor was freezing up and then it would stop freezing and then all of a sudden my whole floor would be full of water and I just got tired of dealing with it to its credit. That was the original refrigerator that I bought with this house. And I've gone through three refrigerators in my kitchen since then. And that one I just got rid of. 
you know, we're talking about yeah, you know, 15, good, 20 years ago, about so 15. It yeah. says a lot. So um, crazy. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have the space to replace it. There's like nowhere here. Actually, no, I take it back. I did create a space to replace it. However, the space that I created, I'm temp, I'm using as a closet right now and I'm really enjoying the extra closet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be hard for me to like, okay, now we're not going to use this area as a closet anymore. We'll go ahead and throw a refrigerator. I don't think I can do that now because that I put shelves in there, shoes and other junk, you know, suitcases, now. all this stuff that was just taking up crazy amounts of space in here. Now I have, you know, I opened up a, lot more space and i was like wow this is uh <laughs> this is gonna be hard to give back so i don't know what tip. i'm gonna do yet a good tip if you do deal with this and it's it's not an ongoing basis like so us down to th- two refrigerators on a day-to-day basis there's here and there it's a problem it's really when you're doing big events yeah but if you know you just need to keep something frozen for an extra week or two dry ice is a great alternative if you have a good cooler like a yeti or an arctic or something to that effect you can throw that roast in there and then just go to your local place and get like a five or 10 pound block of dry ice and then close in the, in the, in the cooler and then just check on it in three or four days. It like that five pounds of dry ice will at least last 24 or 48 to 72 hours. If you have a 10 pound block, you're probably good for at least a week. And if worst case scenario, you have to put in a block of ice, look again later, replace it and add another block of ice. Cause if you can back yourself off saying, well, I want to get it by the 19th, but if I got it by like the 10th and I can just survive for like eight to nine days with it on dry ice, then I want to take it thought to get it, you get it back to proper temperature thought and then go dry ice is a great alternative. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper than running a refrigerator all year. And it's without a doubt cheaper than buying an extra refrigerator or freezer. So that a great tip is, use the dry ice because i think we you and i talked and the one thing i'd recommended especially like the box that they send it to you from snake river farms yeah if you just open it put a piece of dry ice and then close it back up the insulation they have on the box because that's they ship it to you with dry ice and that thing i've never got one from them that was anything less than frozen solid i do want to give another shot to 44 farms and i want to try one i I I feel like we've tried one of their briskets but i do want to give one of their roasts to try uh one of these times as well so maybe mid-year we'll do a a prime rib from 44 farms uh okay yeah we got to definitely check check them out again uh for sure so folks uh i've been uh rod and i have started ramping back up our woodworking uh so we're definitely gonna be coming out with coming out with some more cutting boards um, I have just ordered the prototype for the barbecue and tech sweet sh- uh, sweatshirt. So if that, when that comes in, um, if, if it looks good and I like it and it feels good, it's going up on the store. So don't forget, we do have a store. We do have some cutting boards and stuff, you know, little ones, big ones. Um, I'm getting back to finishing up the first ever barbecue and tech butcher block. So we'll see uh, what that looks like with a nice piece of brisket on it and slicing that up on a, a big, uh, um, uh, uh, a big butcher block as opposed to a regular cutting board. Um, so. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I have a I have a cutting board design I want to do. It, it looks complicated, but I, I just again like with anything, I just want to challenge myself. So I want to see if I can do it. And typically, I try to make a cutting board like around 13 to 15 inches wide and about 17 inches long. 
And I do think I want to do something that's more like around 21, 22 inches long. Ah. Um, so that you can accommodate that big, massive brisket that sits on it. Yeah. And um, so there, it's like that, not that kind of, and I love, and I think part of my problem is I love end grain cutting boards, but I, I do think I could probably make some very simple cutting boards that are face grain that if you just need something that's nice and large, wide, has nice striped patterns on it that you can just put a, a big hunk of meat on it. We're going to have to come up with a name. If anybody listens to this episode and let's do a contest. Whoever comes up with the best name for the brisket cutting board, we'll give you one for free. You want to do that? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I like that idea. Yeah. If yeah. I can come yeah. Handmade proper name for Yeah. Give us let's the give us a name for the barbecue and tech cutting board specifically for briskets. And, you know, whoever gets the most votes or whatever, you know, we don't care how you do Twitter, uh, in our Discord. We'll put it out there. We'll you know, once we get, compile a good list. Um, we'll, we'll figure out which one is the winner, and uh, yeah. yeah, I think what, once we get a list of names, we can then associate the names with the individual. Then we could put a, run a poll on Twitter or something, and then everybody can vote on it, or we can run it in the Discord. I think the problem with the Discord is it requires you to get your yeah your friends in the Discord. Whereas, well, that's what I'm saying. Twitter, no, what oh. I'm saying is you can submit it to us via Discord, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You know, just get us the name. We'll put it on the. We'll make a list. We'll put it out out there for a total vote, and then uh, whichever name wins, we. Uh, yeah, and I like I like people doing it blind because I think if I if you see what I want to do, it'll be problematic. So I'll make it a. I don't have any travel. I'm hoping for the next little bit, so I will. I'll make an attempt to go get the board done, and then uh, once we do the voting. I can we can have an image of the board somewhere very close to the voting voting. Well, we'll have to come up with an image. So I don't know. Should we come up with the what it looks like first so people can kind of get no, inspired? Because if I mess up and can't get it done, <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I'm challenging myself. Right. I know this is going to be hard. I don't know if I can do it. Like, All right, fair I, enough. I'm, yeah, this is one. Like, there's a couple things that I want to build woodworking wise. Like this cutting board is one thing, but. I want to build a new entertainment center. I have a lot of things I want to build. Yeah, and some I'm about of them to. Are I ordered pushing my my kill my skill limit. I I ordered the wood from my entertainment center. That's ready for me to pick up. Um, but I'm Mark. having them hold on to it because I'm re- I've been redoing my wood workshop area, and uh, you know, throwing stuff away, moving stuff in. You know, where stuff I had on the floor now moving up to shelves and adding more shelves and all that stuff so i'm so close i can taste it i got up this morning already about to put up the last cleat so that I, and then uh because i got a, I got about 10 uh ashtrays to get done these were on the smaller side and uh they'll be much cheaper than like the, the solid wood ones that i normally do that I buy specifically um we'll put those on the site because nothing like having some good barbecue and then chilling on the patio and, and smoking on a nice cigar um so these ashtrays will be done this this season and uh be up on the store for folks to purchase as well so check out the store on barbecueandtech.com um for all our patreon supporters mad love to you we appreciate you so much um we're working on getting a cnc machine there's no reason you know not to put that out there and so all the proceeds that we're getting from the show is going to buy our cnc machine that rod and i will share 
and then then we'll be able to do some real interesting things with the uh, you know engraving and all those kind of cool stuff on some of the stuff that we make so we're super excited about doing this we're close i think we're about halfway there uh to getting to cnc so um yeah so as long as folks keep supporting us they're going to make this uh dream a lot a lot easier for us to do so really excited about that all right all right until next episode all right let's get out of here we out peace peace Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.